Hello, welcome to Kaiba Health and Life. I'm your host, Kristen Wolisinovich, and by my side is my beautiful host, Lisa Metropolis. Hi, Kristen. What a pleasure it is today to have such an incredible and honorable gentleman in the studio today. I agree. You know, yeah. when we start the show, we're always so passionate and excited because we get the pre-interview. And yes. so in the pre-interview, it just really is so massively inspirational. So without further ado, as Lisa said, it's our honor and privilege to introduce CEO and founder of the MADE Institute, Leon Abdullah Alamin. Hello, hello, hello. I love saying that. I love saying doing? that. <laughs> it's a beautiful name. Beautiful Thank name. You. Thank what you. does it mean? So actually, um, Leon is the, the name of my father. Um, and it's just basically, uh, from my understanding, it means uh, a leader as well. But mm -hmm. Abdullah El Alamin means servant of God. Um, and uh, El Alamin means the leader, the trustworthy one. Beautiful. Wow, it is. It is beautiful. And you are CEO and founder of the MADE Institute. That's an acronym. Yes. What does MADE stand for? So MADE stands for Money, Attitude, Direction, and Education. And these are the things um, we believe that individuals who are returning home from prison need in their life. Um, we know we, everyone needs money to survive, mm -hmm. but we want to teach them how to earn legal money. And that takes changing your attitude to do that. So that's where the attitude comes in. And we're giving you direction. So that's where the D and then education is ongoing, whether it's academic education or life um, lessons in the streets or whatever you may have been through. Um, everything can be used as a right. lesson and a tool to better yourself. Skilled trades, and you, you work with a lot of a lot of those uh, foundations. You are changing lives. You are, sir. Thank you. you are. What an honor and privilege that must be for you on a daily basis. It's, it's not it's not easy. Definitely. It's definitely not easy. Um, we've been having some small victories and I'm very thankful. I give all praise to the most high mm. for every victory that we mm -hmm. have and every life that we're able to reach and, and have an impact on. Now, you in, in, <coughs> in changing lives today, you yourself had to go. You yourself had to change your life and you had to go through some extreme circumstances uh, and some very, very um, humbling uh, lessons uh, throughout throughout your life. Um, in the beginning, Kristen, yeah. I mean, Leon, your story and your journey is really incredible. And the fact you're still alive is incredible. Yeah. Tell our viewers and listeners yeah. a little bit about, about your journey. So I grew up on Flint's um, north side um, in a single-parent household. In our environment, I was uh, drug and crime-ridden. Um, you know, I've seen a lot at an early age, um, whether it was with my personal family or the, the family outside of, of my, my immediate family um, in, that, in that neighborhood. You know, um, seen a lot of people lose their lives to addiction and gun violence and things as such that really um, had an impact on my decision-making on how I had to survive in that environment. Well, you were, you were young, you were impressionable, yeah. you didn't have the skill set or the tools, and it's, it was your life. And when you say family outside of the family, it's, it was gang-related, correct? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, when, when you come from a broken home, you look for love somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And for me, I, I, I was searching for it, and, and I found it outside the household. Mm -hmm. I ran with a, um, a, a, a crew or a gang, or if that's what we want to call it, called the uh, Pearson Hood Posse or Pearson Hood okay. Gang. Okay. And, um, you know, we, we, we really helped destroy that community. You know, um, mm. I look back now and I, and I learn, sure. and 
and, and just reflect on some of the things that we, we were involved in and how it had a, a, such an impact to this day of destroying lives, you know, whether you were the, the user or the dealer, you know. Yeah. And it's almost you, you were so desensitized as a child to the destruction that you caused. And one thing you said, Lisa, was, you know, we interview people in and out, and it's an always we say we have the best job. We but do. Yeah. You said you've never heard someone own their actions in the destruction. I have. I did. I, I, I said that to you in the pre-interview um, because, like I said, we have we have so many incredible and amazing people that that come on. Um, you I've, included. <laughs> you included. And I I've never heard anybody say I helped. Uh, I, I helped contribute to the dire aspect of my community, personally, single-handedly. I helped to do that, and uh, that is just um, that vulnerability and that accountability, mm -hmm. as we had talked about, is, is key. That's important. Everything. Yeah. That's a, accountability and everything is important. You know, um, when I began to, in my, when I was incarcerated, I had a lot of time to think yeah. about my choices and things that I did, and, and to. Uh, devastate that community and I, I used to write letters to people whether they respond or not you know family and non-family wow. um to the to the, the especially the women that I sold drugs to mm. you know um because I know even for women it's harder to kind of bounce back yeah. from those type of addictions you know and I just that was that was the beginning stage of being accountable for my actions you know and then when I was released um and came back to Flint and seeing the devastation of my, my old neighborhood and neighborhoods like it on the east side and some areas of the south side and, and things like that, I just I just knew that I had to be involved in, in, in a way of, of positivity. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it was kind of, it became kind of like my therapy. Mm -hmm. you know, it became therapy to me to go back to these neighborhoods and and want to give back and be, and, and to want to give back, you got to be accountable for your actions first and foremost. And, and, and I was always, always, always kind of disappointed as I got more involved in the community as a community activist first before any organization mm -hmm. or anything was established. At, Flint has a great history of um, athletes, especially yeah. some actors and things that came out of the city that went on to do great things. And one of the um, disappointments to me is that a lot of them don't come back and reinvest and get involved beyond you know, the book bag giveaways at school and the turkeys on the holiday. Mm -hmm. Kind of, I mean, to each their own, you know, to, you know, whatever way you feel you can contribute. But for me, I always felt like that was um, that was a big disappointment to me to, to see individuals on TV and playing sports, but never really come back to the heart of the community where what birthed them. Mm -hmm. and, and make serious for a community for that exactly. gave them so much too. Exactly. They, they they didn't go back to the place that raised. Exactly. So that was so to speak. Yeah, exactly. That was your role to come back. And <clears throat> what I love, Lisa, is he came back more as an activist. And yeah. did that give you time to get into the trenches, assess, and then do a needs assessment on how to move forward? Absolutely right. I like how you said that too. Because well, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> What can I say? I had to hear the cries of the people. Um, That's right. You know, a lot of my family still remain here, and they, they're yeah. older now. Like my grandmother, she raised me mm. most of my um, adolescent years of my life, and she don't have that strength that the grandmothers of um, back then had. You know, my grandma, my granny's in her 80s now mm. compared, sure. compared yeah, they, to when she was 60 and yeah. you know, on the front lines, right. you know. Right. So, yeah. 
Right. It's it's really passionate. And how how many years did you do in prison? It was well, federal prison, correct? No, 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 it was state prison. State prison. State Sorry prison. about that. Yes. Okay. I, um, the original charge was twelve to twenty, but I was blessed in two thousand three when the drug law changed to serve half your sentence to be eligible. Right. So I ended up serving seven years in the Michigan Department of Correction. So that kind of transitions us. What what a story. Yes. What a what a journey to your own spiritual awakening and to your awakening to self-care. Yes. And during that time, you had a big physical transformation, <laughs> correct? Absolutely. Um, I and was, that happened on your first day, correct? That's, your that's first correct. day of, of, of uh, going into in, into prison. Yes. So I was going through quarantine in Jackson um, Correctional behind the wall, seven block. Any, any individual knows about Jackson, which is actually the oldest prison in the state. Mm -hmm. Um, where it's nothing but wall and barbed wire. Mm, and they, you go through a process of um, kind of like a dog. They mm. put you with 20, 30 other individuals. You got to go in these showers. There's nothing protecting y'all from mm. seeing each other. Okay. Spray, you getting sprayed. And then you got to go take these tests, get weighed. And when I got weighed, um, they said I weighed 290 pounds. Oh, wow. And I was like, whoa. I didn't know I had got that so heavy. You know, mm -hmm. Just living that lifestyle, partying, getting yeah. high, and, and all the time you don't think about your health. Right. But when, when they said I weighed 290 pounds, it was a shocker, and I knew I had to get on, reevaluate myself and, and, and do some things to change it up. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, and you had time to do it. You, yeah. you worked out in prison, which is what a lot of people do, correct? Right. Absolutely. Um, even more than just working out, um, you know, I, I started to read a lot. That was mm -hmm. something I wasn't doing out here prior to that. Um, going, being incarcerated, I started to read all kind of books, self-help books, spirituality books, and things like that, and begin to, to to dissect the things that you put in your body, how it has an effect on how you think, how you act. And I can see it physically. I can see it. I became a, you are what you eat. That's that kind exactly of right. I became that. I used to eat a lot of. I used to eat pork, mm -hmm. um, a lot of salty foods and things yeah. like that. Um, drink a lot yeah. and so forth. And it was showing through my. It was through just my poison. It was yes. poison. I was putting poison in my body. So once you had that shift in what you were putting in your body, could you physically and mentally feel the change? Absolutely, absolutely. You had clarity. Absolutely. Um, just started thinking like on a whole higher level. Mm -hmm. you know? um, I would say that along with my spirituality, um, for me accepting Islam, Orthodox Islam, mm -hmm. and the things I was reading and dissecting that, that, that fit me, you know, that made sense to me, that gave me a greater purpose in, in, in my journey, um, that really helped me transform my thinking and so forth. Right. I, I can... Yeah. I just, I, I think it's magical. I can see it. We can see it. I mean, it's almost, Lisa, don't don't you think um, as unfortunate a situation it was because actually we didn't even get to this. Um, during your time, during your roles and running with the gangs, you were shot in the head and left, to, That's right. left for dead in front of your house yeah. at age. I was actually uh, 20 years old. 20 years old. Yeah. Uh, I'm... They rush you to the hospital. Mm -hmm. You're in ICU, intensive care. How long did it take for you to recover? And they didn't think you were going to make it. That's true. Um, yeah. So actually, I ended up, I was in a coma for about 30 days. Mm -hmm. um, when I woke up, I can recall the day I woke up, I used to have braids too. And my, my hair was kind of like right down Longer. to my shoulders. And um, 
So I woke up with this big bandage over my head and the nurse came in to, you know, to clean it and, and so forth. And my mother and sister was there and I just didn't know, it was like a dream. I was just sleeping and then when I wake up, so I tried to raise up and I couldn't really, I didn't have my strength in my mm -hmm. body. Yeah. So I was, I needed help kind of getting up and I didn't know what had happened. And then, so my, um, my sister and began to slowly explain as the nurse came in, mm -hmm. she was saying, um, so you want to see it? And I said, see what? She you had like, no clue, had did no you? Clue. Why you were there, you were where shot. you were. I didn't, I didn't know mm -hmm. I was shot. You know, and um, when she took that, that bandage off my head, I went into shock. I broke yeah. out crying mm -hmm. and right. was like, wow, I didn't even think my hair, my head would grow back to where it's at now. You know, it was like a deep, it was, it was actually right. like pink. You can see the meat. Right. You know, right. and um, that really wow. was an experience, yeah, for me. So yeah. this man is a magic man. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> you know, young, growing up in some of the worst neighborhoods in Flint, Michigan, um, gang association, shot in the head. You, you are a survivor and thriver and warrior. Seven years in prison, during this time, that's when this awakening happens for you. Physically, mentally, you forge these beautiful relationships with mentors. Absolutely. They Correct. Were, um, yeah. That's true. Um, there were actually lifers. Yeah. So individuals who um, were serving all day in, in there, projected not to ever come back out, was going to eventually die in the prison, became like big brothers and mentors to me. Um, two in, in particular, Mubaris Ahmed, he's um, from Yemen. He, um, mm -hmm. he resides in southwest Detroit when he caught his case. Mm -hmm. And then another gentleman by the name of Dwayne um, Roper, who we call Hodge, he's out of the Lansing area. And um, these two individuals, I would watch them all the time. You know, um, we were on 22-hour lockdown, so you only got to go outside two hours out yeah. of every day. Wow, right. And um, so you got to take advantage of the time you got out. But I will pay attention. I was adjusting to my environment, and I will just see how calm these individuals were, even though they were serving a, a life sentence. And um, at a certain time, they will always leave off, and what they were, I, I found out for them what they were doing was going to pray. Mm. And one day I kind of followed them and I observed how they pray. And I began to ask questions of, you know, what's that? You know, what, what are you guys doing? And they're explaining to me and they're both were Muslims. And um, from there, that journey of just, you know, reading, because I never, I never associate or, or take part in anything I don't know nothing about first. So I wanted to really observe it. I didn't just want to seem like I was Jump just, in. Yeah, mm -hmm. just jumping in. But as I began to read that, as well as other faiths, I, I found things in Islam that fit to meet my, my need. It gave me like a certain discipline that I needed, you know, so much energy that I, I had in me that I know if it wasn't um, structured and disciplined right, it can go the opposite way. And um, At any given moment. At any given moment, mm -hmm. especially in that environment. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, as I began to read and observe and then ultimately what we call take your shahada is when you declare that you want to become a Muslim or practice the Islamic faith. Mm -hmm. And um, I took my um, my shahada, converted to Islam as my spiritual development and began to just read as much as I could and learn as much as I could from the way we pray and things like that. And those things became uh, uh, my discipline. 
right. fasting, um, doing the holy month of Ramadan, 30 right. days of fast, something I never did in my life. The first time it killed me. Like, yeah. I can't You're do like, this. Yeah. yeah, staying from water and eating Very, from, yeah. um, you know, from sun, some sun sunrise to sunset. To sunset. Yeah. But, you know, my understanding from fasting, it's <clears throat> actually very good for your system. Yes. From yes. what I understand. So and you were you were on this health journey all, already. I know that you said when you were in Jackson, you only had a couple hours a day, maybe one or two hours there also. And that's when you started your journey right away and you started walking. Uh, and, and then a lot of people, um, there's so much offered today mm. to, to, to uh, get healthy and, and they're all very good products, but you, you walked and that's to go back to the basics it's important to let to, to let people know that Absolutely. just get just go outside move. and move just, just go walk out. around move. your neighborhood <laughs> go you know go take a walk Wait, yeah uh, we think we have to do this crossfit or the exactly. high intensity exactly. training or run marathons truly walking you, you had nothing yeah. at your disposal Changes. other than uh, other than your legs and your mind your and you and this is what i need to do and that honestly doing that every day and you only had an hour like you said Absolutely. Uh, two hours maybe um and that changed your entire uh, trajectory tra tra trajectory your, your entire uh health absolutely uh, i mean health. it's the simplest things yeah you know when 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 a lot of things is taken away from you yeah you really have to dig deep within and utilize every aspect of your mind to yeah. to to cope with whatever it is that you're going. That's through. in front of you. That's in front of you. Because and sometimes exactly it's so happened. overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I I bet it was such an experience that you couldn't believe it was happening. For one, that's true. Then for two, the adjustment. Then, like you said, going deep in your soul, and then shifting, mm -hmm. and then going out there and being that higher power that you've tapped into, and that's what right. you've done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. I, I, I'm just so, I'm so. Uh, I could cry. Honored and <laughs> I feel so blessed to sit here every week with you, Kristen, oh. and to just talk to people who are doing the most incredible things for their community. You truly are a servant. You're servant well, in every way. And, and that is everything. And I think too, like you said, you hit the key points with him owning the behavior yeah. it's important owning who you are going out there tapping into the higher power i'm telling you that is um a, yeah. a gift that many don't receive and i want to ask you a quick question do you think those mentors there when they tapped into their into their purpose and mission the ones that were lifers they knew that they their purpose and mission were to mentor people coming in who were coming out to start putting out beautiful out in the world. I, I absolutely um, believe that as well. Maybe not in the beginning, mm -hmm. but as time um, went on and they, they really tapped into their spirituality and reached their soul, I think that gave them greater purpose. Yeah. And they knew they had the ability to give that gift to people coming in who eventually would be coming out or would be in there with them. That's true, that's true. For quite some time. Absolutely. Wow, pretty incredible. So real quickly, now let's get to some other great, great things. Yes. Made Institute, um, five years? Yes, uh, we were established um, in 2015. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it really was birthed out of the need of, um, well, my personal life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, the many individuals who have followed 
me down that old road or so to say um, made bad decisions and went yeah. down that track you know it was um, when I did some research here in Flint Genesee County it, the first year I think I was out they were projecting 700 individuals that was going to return back to Flint Genesee County that's a lot of individuals that is a lot and yeah. not all are coming out like Leon that's true. All I mean, so. So you have a short window of reaching these individuals. Mm -hmm. If not, then we know survival's going to kick in and what's going to happen. So you can have all this right. great development and things like that going on. But if you, you're isolating and separating a, a particular class of individuals and not providing resources and things like that, all that good stuff you're doing over here is actually. It's going to be countered. It's going to be countered. Right. And right. especially if they get out and they get back into um, that same environment, we are as humans, creatures of habit. Mm -hmm. So that same lifestyle could kick in immediately, just subconsciously, because it's so programmed right. into right. who we are. So um, what you're doing is brilliant. You're getting to them early. I know you work with a lot of um, parole officers, yeah. probation officers. You collaborate with the community. Absolutely. You um, have a lot of great partnerships yeah. among the state of Michigan and you come in and you, you know, you do your diligence to change these lives and Hey, it, it it's a, like you said, it's not easy, small victories on the daily, but Absolutely. that's what lead to the big victories. Yeah. And we know it's a crapshoot, right? Yes. You come in, it's going to be a 50, 50 because it's as much as you want for, as we want for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. It's still going to be on them. On the individual. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you know, all we can do is um, set the example and try to get the resources to you. So we eliminate um, some of those barriers that we know you're going to run up, up against. Mm -hmm. But once we do that, you have to walk the walk. You know, right. we're walking with you. So when you, you're confused and, and you kind of you're frustrated. frustrated, you know, we're, that's what we're there for. That's where the peer-to-peer -peer mentoring comes in. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what happened to me. You know, just sharing, giving back what was taught down to me. I'm just sharing that, you know. Um, but adding the programming on there, we, we, we have a health and wellness program we just launched Wonderful. last October in partnership with Genesee Health Plan. Oh. Perfect. And um, we work with 10 individuals from the community who were returning citizens. Some were already out here with felons and things. Right. And um, it was very um, powerful. I love it. It, it was very powerful. We love it. it. And there's so many um, in in that time, um, in that transition from when you first went in, when you were when you were younger, and you <laughs> didn't see, uh, you didn't see some of those people coming back to the community. To now, there's such a there's such a shift because so many people are coming back to the community. So many people are giving back to the community that that uh, that have found success outside of Michigan and outside in in a in a global national and mm -hmm. global level all so those people are coming back now mm -hmm. and it's so wonderful and beautiful to see and I know you have great relationships with with money many yeah. 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 yeah it's empowering it's definitely empowering yeah. and um, especially when you you see individuals who, who really believe in the message that you're giving them yeah. But then they begin to act upon it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then when you you step away a little bit and then you come back for a time, say after a year or so, and they're still out here applying those principles yeah. and tools and life skills that you're providing them, and you see how it's affecting their lives and their family lives, you know, it's nothing greater than that. Oh, what a what a gift. Okay. How, we're running out of time. We could sit with you for days. Yes. <laughs> How can people get a hold of you, Leon? Yes, um, you can go to our website at www.madeinstitute.org, or you can reach us at 810-835-8304. And we're also just moved into one our new office space in the downtown area on 503 uh, Garland Street, off of 2nd, inside of Woodside Church. 
485 Flint, Michigan. 48503. Yes. Wonderful. Thank you. You are going to be a regular on Kaiba Health and Life. Thank, thank you for f- having me. Thank you so much for talking thank about you. your physical and spiritual yeah. journey. The fact that you're here and now you're out there changing lives is massively incredible. Mm-hmm. The resources for families, family yeah. members, um, if you are going through, if you're just coming out of mm-hmm. the system and you need help, please reach out to Leon. Yes. They will help you. It's frustrating. And we know many come yeah. out and they want to they wanna work and they want to contribute to society right. and they want to start paying taxes. And Leon and his team and the organization can provide you the tools necessary to help get you acclimated back to uh, be becoming a civilian. And also the health and wellness side, that is key. Self-care is Point. key. So Important. thank you. Yes. Thank you beyond words. So thank Leon El Amin, CEO and founder of the Maid, in, Maid Group. Thank you. Lisa Metropolis, thank as you. always, my gorgeous, beautiful co-host. And to you, our listeners and viewers, you are everything. This has been Kaiba Health and Life.